God's word for our focus today is that parable of Jesus, of the wheat among the weeds. Let's explore that together. Just curious how many of you garden in some way? Some of you? Okay, quite a few hands. How many of you would consider yourself like an expert gardener? Nobody's brave enough. I know some of you are pretty good. Pretty good. How many of you are more like me and you can't grow anything, let alone bring something all the way through the season to actually get a harvest from it? Anybody like that? Okay, thank you. It's nice to have some my people here too. So we have this whole gamut of skills when it comes to gardening, and I think that's a good thing because what that means is we can all probably learn something very valuable from Jesus' teaching story this morning. Jesus, once again, uses a story of gardening or or farming uh, to teach us about how his kingdom works. In other words, how he works with people and in people with his gospel. And and the particular part about God's kingdom that he's going to talk about this morning is, is something that's very near and dear to us, at least maybe not dear to us, but something that we think about very often, questions that we have regularly. Do you ever wonder, how is God at work in the world when along with all the good, there is so much bad, so much evil mixed in? How how is God even working? Does it ever seem to you like people who do not believe in the Lord, who do not value him, maybe people who are just anti-Christian anything seem to have an easy life and success while God's people very often seem to suffer. Have you ever wondered, does God see what I see? Does he see what's going on? Have you ever wondered if God is actually going to do something about it? Have you ever wondered if God wants you to do something about it? If you've ever had those questions go through your mind, then Jesus invites you to step into the garden with him and learn some very valuable lessons about how he works. Are you there? You step into the garden? I want you to step into the garden with Jesus because just for a moment, you do get to be the gardening expert. Okay, you're you're in the field, you're in the garden. It's about a month and a half after you've planted. And as you're walking through the field, uh, this, this is what you see. Are you happy about that? If you're like me, you're like, yes. Absolutely. Stuff is growing. That's cool, right? If you have a more discerning eye, you notice that you're happy about half of it. Because one of those things is what you planted. The other thing is not. One of those things is going to be giving you a harvest of exactly what you were hoping for. The other is going to drain your whole garden or your field. That's because, and I know you don't play this in the garden, but... That's because these are the two plants that Jesus was talking about in his story. One is wheat, and, one, and the other is a noxious copycat weed called zizania. So which one's which? It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> hard to tell the difference. The, the two couldn't be any more different, and yet look at how difficult it is to tell them apart. People knew this. Jesus knew this, and that's why he's telling this parable. So what do you do when you walk out into your field, into your garden, and you see both of these growing? It's too late to replant. 
Is he going to use nasty chemicals that sometimes don't know the difference between either of them? Are you going to go and, and cultivate? And either way, are you going to go in and, and chance mistaking some of the wheat for the zazania and pull that up? Or are you going to take the chance of, of mistaking some of the zazania and keeping that and mis- because you mistook it for wheat? You, you, there's a problem here, right? Now, obviously, you understand that Jesus isn't really talking about wheat or zazania here. He's talking about people. He's talking about society, the, the world, really. And it's the point Jesus made last week, and then he adds on to it. Last week, we saw how God is hard at work planting his good seed of the gospel. And because it is such powerful seed, that the good news of Jesus is such power to create faith, it sprouts faith in people's heart. Praise God for that. And we see that. It's growing. Today, however, Jesus adds another thought that there's someone else hard at work. It's the enemy, the devil. And he's hard, just as hard at work planting seeds of deadly unbelief in people's heart. And just by the way, Jesus is serious here. We often look out into our society and world and we think we see the enemies, but this is the real enemy. He's real. This isn't just a metaphor. The devil is real and he is working hard, okay? So, this is what, so if that's happening, you look out into the field of the world and you look out in the, the world and, and this is what you see, right? People. On the one hand, you see people. You see exactly what God planted. There are people who believe and trust that Jesus died for their sins, right? On the other hand, you look out and see people that do not believe, that stubbornly say thank, no thank you to everything that Jesus offers. There are believers and there are unbelievers, but here's the thing. Which one is which? Can you see the difference? It's hard, isn't it? That's what Jesus was talking about with these weeds and wheat. That's what he's talking about with people. You, you can't see from the outside. We probably all know someone who just doesn't have anything to do with God or his word. That just, just refuse it. And yet, they're the nicest person in the world. They're the greatest neighbor to have. They're the most generous person you know. And on the other side of that, each of us, I know I can, can look into the mirror, unfortunately, and see somebody who loves God and loves his word, and yet at times can be so rude and insincere and selfish. The two couldn't be any different. And yet look how hard it is to tell the difference. We can't, right? So what do you do? Good and evil in the world are right there, and we can't even see the difference. I think often we come up with the solution of the helpers in Jesus' story, right? The servants ask them, okay, there's, there's all this evil in the world. Do you want us to go and pull those weeds up? How do we do that? I think sometimes it's easy for us to question why the devil's plantings get to grow up alongside of God's. I think sometimes we wonder why God would allow evil to cause his people pain and suffering and even devastation in life. 
I think the temptation is to want to start doing some weeding right now. To already start judging what's a weed and what's wheat. Who's good, who's bad. Maybe we're even tempted to do some pulling up of our own. Who deserves God's grace and who doesn't? Right? Do you recognize those temptations in your heart like I do? That leads us to the first valuable lesson that Jesus is teaching us about his kingdom. The first valuable lesson is that <laughs> we're not the gardeners, we're not the farmers. God is, right? We're just the plantings. So the first valuable lesson is let God be the gardener because he has a totally different solution. What's God's solution? I'll go back to that. He says, um, let them both grow together until the harvest. Let them both grow. We scratch our head at that, don't we? It's kind of confusing. Why, why would he do that? And yet I want you to take a look at it from the perspective of you as a believer and your relationship with your loving God. Do you see the love of God for you in farming like this, in letting both grow together until harvest? God doesn't risk uprooting his own people. He doesn't up, risk uprooting you during those times when we look like the devil's plantings and we act like the devil's plantings, right? Instead, what did he do? Just like I talked about with the children, he deals with those weeds in a different way. He uses the cross. He sent his son to the depths of hell to pay for our sins for us. And God doesn't want to risk allowing sin-tainted human judgments to determine our fate or anybody's eternal fate. Instead, this is a time of grace. This is the time we have to let God plant that gospel in people's hearts, in our hearts, and to let that grow. I think the point is, it's easy when we're talking about weeds and wheat, good and evil, believers and unbelievers, and they're all together, it's easy for us to focus on the weeds, isn't it? But Jesus' story here refocuses us by letting us know where his eyes are. His eyes are on us. He planted us. He nourishes us. He makes sure that we have everything that we need to grow up into our identity as his dearly loved people. That's the first valuable lesson as we live as wheat among weeds. Let God do the gardening because his focus is always on us. All right, you get to be gardening, farming experts one more time here. I want you to be in that field, in that garden again. Look ahead a couple of months after where we started, and it's harvest time. And you look out over your field, and this is what you see. Now there's a difference, isn't there? It's harvest time, and there's difference. So it looks like it was a good idea because it's so easy to see the difference. But the downside is, which one of these seems to be doing a lot better? Growing a lot more, going to live a lot longer. Looks like in this picture that Zizania got the better end of the deal as they grow together, right? I think that's what Jesus is getting at with people too, right? Um, this is the crux of the issue. This is the, the frustration that we have. These are the questions that I talked about at the beginning of this devotion together. It's obvious to us 
that the weeds that the devil plants are flourishing way more than the wheat that God plants. That unbelief flourishes way more than faith. It's so obvious that we get frustrated, don't we? Why do the devil's planting seem to get to make the laws or to set moral standards or to make the decisions in society, set curriculums? Why do they succeed? Why does it seem like they have an easy life? Why are we seeming to be wilting? Why do we have to put up with it? Why do we hurt? Why do we struggle with our consciences and the consequences of our sin? And they don't seem to to do that. Well, this parable is Jesus' answer. He's telling us that the harvest is coming. This is, this is a truth. It's a, it's a fact. The, the harvest is coming. And when we think about that, the harvest is coming, it tells us a couple of things. It tells us that God does know about and see what we see, the evil. And secondly, God does have a plan for evil. This is what he says. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age, the harvest. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They'll be thrown into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. So think about that. Evil's short time to flourish will come to an end. Unbelief and evil will be punished. And on the other side of that, God gathers his planting, his wheat, into the barn. So your time to flourish as God's people will have just begun in full. That faith that he's planted in you, that he's nourished, that he's grown, that he's strengthened all this time will yield its full fruit. No more suffering and temptation. The perfection that Jesus won with his living and his dying for you, it's yours completely crown of eternal life will be on your head. You will be in the joy of God's heavenly kingdom forever. And I think that brings us to the second valuable lesson of Jesus' story here. Think about this. If you know, if you know that the harvest is indeed coming, then you can take comfort that God is aware of evil in the world. You can be confident that he has a plan for the weeds of evil. And so what does that help us to do? It helps us to be trusting and patient and do the one job that is actually ours. And that is to grow. (laughs) The weeds aren't your concern. You're the wheat. By God's grace, by his powerful seed of the gospel, you're his people, you're his wheat. And so your job is just to grow. And yes, you can look around and wonder about the evil in the world and you know there are weeds among you. And so, take every opportunity to soak the roots of your faith in the waters of your baptism. Remember the promises that God makes in his word about your baptism. Take every opportunity to be nourished daily with the assurance that your sins are forgiven by going to the cross, going to his word. 
Every day, take the opportunity to bloom beautifully in the new life of the risen Savior so that you can inspire those people around you as well. I want to step out of the field to end here, okay? And into our real worlds and, and just give you a, a real-life example of, of how this looks and hey, maybe how we can apply this to ourselves. I read a book recently uh, by a woman named Rosaria... Champagne Butterfield. So this woman is a prominent and respected and tenured English professor at a, at a university out east. And um, besides English, she also taught uh, many progressive studies at the university. Uh, because of that, she hated the Bible, hated Christians, because what she saw in them was completely opposite of everything she held near and dear to herself. She ended up writing an article about the dangers of Christianity, what she called the right wing, um, and, and, and a specific group and, and all that. And as a result of that article, she, she got a lot of mail, but, but one letter she got from a, from a Christian man who asked kind but intelligent questions that made her think. And she just thought about him and thought about him. Eventually, she contacted the man, and the man said, these aren't, these aren't questions, these aren't conversations for mail or email. Let's, let's sit down and talk. Let's have a meal together. And this happened over a period of two years. And throughout that two years, not only did she come to know this Christian man, she came to know this Christian man's Savior, Jesus. And it just blew her worldview up. And through these conversations, eventually she got to know Jesus as, as her Savior. And she left all of it behind and, and lives a life as, as one of God's dear children now. And it's an incredible story. And I'm not saying this so that you go out and read the book, although it is a good book. But I want you to apply it to what we just talked about with the weeds and the wheat. Imagine if that Christian man would have been only worried about classifying this woman as a weed having nothing to do with her. Imagine if this Christian man made it his mission to pull up this weed with his scathing judgments. I'm not sure what would have happened at the harvest for either of those. Instead, what did the man do as a Christian? He grew and he lived like the wheat that God had planted. And it turns out that against all odds, against all appearances, God had planted more wheat among him than he had realized. Because Rosaria believed too. I tell you this to help you apply it to your life. God has planted you in the exact place you are in life for a reason. You may look around and you wonder why. Because of what you see. But you don't have to wonder. You can trust God's planting and you can trust God's nourishing. And you can grow in his planting and you can live your life as his planting, even in a field where you are sure there are so many weeds. And you know what? As you grow and you live as the wheat that God has planted you to be, where you are planted, come harvest time, I think you look around with a graciously surprising smile. And be overjoyed to see all the wheat that God has planted. And you both will shine like the sun.
Amen.